podcast on the net that openly petitions for more metal Christmas albums. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, good now. <laughs> Christmas hey, is over. Amen. This, this is our big Christmas show. <laughs> yes. That we didn't manage to get around to until the day after Christmas, but that's uh, because Christmas takes... So much time and going here and going there and families and presents and cookies and food yep. and, and not <laughs> not just time effort uh, effort yeah. effort and sanity and it's now it's over and now let's just get on with New Year's I guess yep once that's <laughs> done everybody can get back on track <laughs> yes okay well we have a huge show today since we uh, missed a show we're gonna pack our Christmas special into uh, this episode this will be the last of our Christmas stuff. Um, uh, we have an excellent roulette on deck, and then we'll get into some recently watched. And we'll probably have one more show, I think, for, before the end of the year. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. This might be the last show of 2014. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but we'll do the best we can with all the holidays included. Uh, okay, first off, before we get started, we have house cleaning. And I'm pulling this one on myself. I'm sure everybody uh, heard it last episode, and I fell victim to what I am coming to call the uh, Ninja Turtles problem, and that is, every time somebody would talk about the new Ninja Turtles movie, they're like, Michael Bay sucks, stupid Michael Bay, directing Michael Bay's stupid Ninja Turtles, looks so stupid and such, Michael Bay movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay didn't direct that movie, and I have to keep telling people that. Well, last episode I said that Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas... Tim Burton did not direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton, uh, I believe, wrote and produced it, but that was directed by Henry Selleck. So I hate it yeah. when we make mistakes like that, and yeah. I always want to correct them, and if anybody else has any corrections for us, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, we will address every single one of them. For what it's we worth, though, for that movie... I know, that who movie cares? Is a, but... It's a Tim Burton movie through and through, though. Even though he didn't direct it, it's one of those where his... Fingerprints are all over that thing. I know, I know, but I like to yeah, keep I know. some sort of consistency with our quote-unquote facts. Um, okay, next up, roulette. Last week we did a blue round, Blu-ray round to cleanse ourselves from all the crap we've been watching in the blind. Um, you gave me From Beyond, and I gave you Body of Lies for a rewatch. Yes. I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. Body okay. of Lies, what did you think? Uh, Body of Lies. First viewing, I had to actually go back through my notes. I've been keeping track of the movies that I've watched since 2007. And what I do is I have a, a uh, 
a Word document type thing, and on there I list the title of the movie, the format I watched it in, and then my rating one star to five stars, like one and a half, two, two and a half, all the way up to five. And then a real brief, like one to two sentence synopsis of what I thought of it. My original viewing of this movie, I gave this movie one and a half stars. Second viewing, four stars. All right, that's what I love to hear. Totally, totally, totally came around to this movie. Uh, And this is a prime example of, it depends, uh, there are certain movies that it just depends on who you watch it with and the circumstances that you're watching the movie in. I am a much more uh, politically, I don't want to say politically charged, but I have, my beliefs have changed a lot since I first watched that movie. And on top of that, I watched that movie the first time with my wife. And she's not a big war movie person, especially with intricate plots. And that's no slam on my wife. No, she just no, no. doesn't it's, like it, that is, it is a guy-oriented kind of movie. There's yeah, no especially, doubt about that. Yeah, especially dealing with like modern warfare-type stuff. And this deals with uh, Iraq and Middle East uh, conflict stuff. And so, uh, re-watching it, though, and I'm a huge Ridley, Ridley Scott fan... I, I seriously went in thinking, yeah, boy, here, let's just, let's just do this, let's get it done. And by the first half hour, I'm like, ooh, this is not the same movie that I remember. And it hasn't been, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it, but I remembered almost nothing about it. And other than a side character that I thought was kind of not overly necessary, other than kind of a MacGuffin to keep things going, mm. I thought the movie was fantastic. So I, I, I love the fact that everybody, every character in this movie was a gray area person. Yes. Uh, e- even the people that you like, that you're rooting for, there's a gray area in this. And I love that. Um, Russell Crowe's character, you don't like him, yet there are certain parts of him, his character in this movie that you're like, yeah, I, I see where he, I see what he's, why he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And same with the excellent DiCaprio and even even the, the terrorists. Everything, every part of this movie um, unfortunately, as I would guess, very true to how things are. That they are um, all at conflict with themselves. Yes. And, and everybody around them. And yeah. I, I completely agree with what you say. Everybody operates in this gray area where you understand where everybody's coming from. And that maybe that's part of why a lot of people don't like it is because it, it makes the viewer feel that way as well. Yeah, um, conflicted yeah. about this or that and the other thing, and it, it's you know one of these war. I'm not going to get too political, but um, it's hard to without the nature of the movie. But if you're not into yeah. c- current politics, which you weren't at the time, the first I, time no. you watched it, then this would just be a news report to be boring. Yeah, um, I and, can and totally, but here totally I see that. Yeah, and and here like even Leo DiCaprio's character, uh, which he's the main star of the movie, and and I'm like he's the he's the upstanding guy of the movie. But there are certain things that he does. I'm like, ah oh, man, oh, I see why you're doing this, but it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, and and it just everybody uses each other. The whole kind of sort of love interest thing going on with the uh, the Persian woman, the Iranian lady. Mm-hmm. I, I I get why she was included in the movie, and I get why that progressed the story, but it detracted me a little bit from the main focus of the movie. However, it wasn't... It still got a four-star uh, rating from me. I thought I'd, I I'd actually... Have, I'd have to watch it again. I don't really remember what all that was about. It's been a while since I watched it, but yeah, uh, you could be right on that one. Yeah, but it's uh, it's one that I actually... Uh, after I watched it, I, I had this on Blu-ray. I bought it on Blu-ray, sight unseen, because it's Ridley Scott, Leonardo DiCaprio, Russell Crowe. Watched it, I'm like, oh, sell it. Sold it, and after rewatching it, I uh, I have it on the way. I got it for very very cheap online, a used copy of it because I'm like that's one I want in my collection. I'm going to watch that one again. So big thumbs up. 
awesome. I love yes. it. Uh, also, to wrap that up, quick note. That scene where the helicopter is going after the SUV in the desert. That was so badass. It oh, was it was just, great. It was shot so Ridley Scott, but shot just so well. I, oh, yeah. I love I love, and I like the fact that, that the, the camera shots were fairly tight on the helicopter. It just seemed like epic. Like, yeah. It's like the, the helicopter is kind of coming towards the screen, and then it's... Oh, I, I love the way they shot that scene. The way he shot that scene was was great. I, that's like one of the best parts of the whole now, movie. He did Black Hawk Down, too, didn't he? Yes, he did. It's interesting that... I, I guess I've, I haven't seen that one in even longer, but it would seem... Just going on my memory, it seems like those are very, very different uh, in scope and tone of how yeah. they're constructed, especially even considering they're in the same region, I guess, of war. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. But uh, this yeah, this one is not the harsh, draining, draining feel yeah. that Black Hawk Down was. Oh, um, that that but, scene where they're trying to tie the guy's veins back together oh. every time. I, I I've seen that movie maybe twice, and I can't. That scene is so harsh. I just I I almost throw up. I can't. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, okay. But, yep. Big thumbs up. So now back to you. Totally okay. different movie, but but I'm guessing I'm hoping for a similar review. <laughs> yeah, we'll see here. Um, I don't want to give anything away yet. Uh, I had From Beyond from 1986, and this was directed by Stuart Gordon, who is an anomaly to me because he is so hit or miss. It's like mm-hmm. he makes something awesome like Reanimator that I love. And it's fantastic and great and weird, just out there, uh, like, body horror. I don't even know what you call that. Kind of mad scientist, but uh, yeah. early Body 80s, horror is a good one, yeah. Mad scientist. It's sweet. Um, so, but then, uh, let me see here. I was going to run down the list of some of the things that he's made because, my God, this guy is just all over the map. Um, a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. Um, Fortress would be the other one that I really love from him. Yes, that was, is a good movie. I think I own it on Blu-ray and it's still full frame. It's so low budget. Uh, sci-fi, futuristic prison, uh, Castle Freak, Space Truckers, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Uh, Edmund from 2005. Did you ever watch that? That one got some cr- decent critical praise. I think I named it like one of the top ten worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I I hated that movie with such a passion. Did some Masters of Horror. And I mean, just nothing. Just every couple years he kind of puts out a thing that I, I've never heard of. Dolls, Robot Jocks. Dolls uh, is a good movie. Dolls uh, is good. Well, but... I'm going to have to look at more of them because this one... Out of the park. I loved it. Yeah. This From Beyond was fantastic. And you were totally spot on with saying that it was kind of a spiritual uh, sequel to Reanimator or in that same kind of vein. As Jeffrey Combs playing sort of a mad scientist again. Yeah. Uh, even, But he's more of an assistant this time. And to truly explain the plot of this movie is just... It's so weird... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) isn't it great (laughs) these mad scientists create this machine and it vibrates and when they turn it on they can you kind of there's an orb around them and they can see into another dimension and then creatures giant snake creatures come out and will eat you and all kinds of the pineal gland the pineal gland is affected (laughs) yeah Yeah. all kinds of shenanigans Um, (laughs) 
but it's directed with that and uh, that certain art style and that certain tone much like reanimator where there's a lot of gross slimy things and it is horror but it's not scary it's not the kind of thing no. where you're like oh no. i'm petrified and i absolutely love that yeah. but you're still it's a totally unique and id it's not just black glove slasher killer going after no. the sorority house or something it's a totally totally unique um kind of vision and i absolutely loved it total thumbs up uh and now i'm gonna have to look at more Stuart gordon movies because apparently <laughs> if he has more stuff like this out there i want it this is yeah. it was great i had a total blast watching it and it was fantastic to watch a roulette movie that I'm not just within the first 10 minutes going, Oh God, when is this going to be over? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. And and I like the, I like the fact that the practical effects, which everything was pretty much practical effects in that were very, very well done, even though some of it was like, Oh, that's fake. But you could tell a lot of work went into all the slimy, cool uh, visual effects in the movie. Uh, Yep. I agree. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm ready to move on. If you are, let's go. Yep. To, let's go to another one. And th- for this round, we're doing something we haven't really quite done before. We've always kind of kept the roulettes to a theme, or at least to uh, oh, it's a blind one. It's one movies we haven't seen, or it's a DVD one, or it's a Blu-ray one, or whatever. This is a smorgasbord. Anything you want to throw up there is fine. Uh, not blind. It's got to be one you've seen before that yes. you're truly recommending. But I've got Blu-rays, DVDs, and Netflix ready for you. Um, go ahead. I'll let you go first since I just did. Okay. Uh, well, I, I did the same thing. Uh, nothing on DVD. I, I considered, uh, including one of the DVDs that you actually have right now. Uh, the, the, uh, house of lost souls, witchcraft and house of clocks. Mm. Um, but I'll, I'm going to go through the list that I have here. And a lot of these are what I've already dished out the previous episode. I'm going to throw these back up because they're so good. And I want you to watch them. That's fine. Um, uh, we have Prom Night from 1980, the the slasher movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Uh, and then we also have Final Terror. That was the one from the director of The Fugitive, the uh, the out the backwoods uh, yeah survival horror uh, horror express again is on there with Peter Cushing and uh, and the always fantastic uh, Christopher Lee. And um, can you, hold on a sec. Give me the plot of that one again. That uh, horror Express. Let me just pull that up here. That's the one. It's uh, it's not a Hammer movie, but it's uh, it's one of those British type movies. It's set on a train. Oh, Telly Savalas. Yeah. Yes, Telly Savalas is in it, and it, it is uh, uh, it actually has a bit of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing in it. Yeah, okay. Um, in fact, I'm almost positive that John Carpenter got some of his ideas from this movie. Uh, an English anthropologist has discovered a frozen monster in the frozen waste of uh, Manchuria where he believes what he believes may be the missing link. Brings the creature back to Europe aboard a train and then um, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, yeah, good movie. Very, very good movie. Uh, then Hands of the Ripper is my Hammer movie. Uh, that that I, I want you, I'm wanting you to watch some Hammer movies, and so um, actually, you know what? Let me swap that one out. Hands of the Ripper. I'm swapping that one out for uh, Frankenstein created women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that's I. I love it. I love... <laughs> okay. The Peter Peter Cushing is of course uh, 
Victor Frankenstein and uh, it's a Hammer movie and it's great and so there you go. I'm swapping that one out with another Hammer movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> no, that's okay. If uh, it's Hammer, I, I want to hear. I want to see it. Okay. It's okay. so hard to track those things down unless you pay, uh, you know, a bunch of money or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that one, that one, I'm I'm throwing that one out there. And then uh, Stage Fright is the Italian slasher movie from the '80s set in a. Uh, it's a, a play that's being put on and everybody's trapped inside this building where they're trying to practice for the play and there's this killer on the loose and it's your standard slasher movie but it's done Italian style mm-hmm. and um, so uh, and then uh, for uh, this is on Netflix so you could watch this one on Netflix if, if you would want I also have the Blu-ray though but it is on Netflix and that is Your Next I've had that on the list before and it is one that I definitely want you to watch at some point because that's another one that the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. And upon repeat viewings, I'm like, that is a kick-ass movie. I really like that movie. I have also um, heard that review from other people online. And keep throwing it at me. I'm probably not going to pick it this time. But keep throwing it on the roulette. Because eventually it'll kick me in the butt to watch I, yeah. it. Yeah, that's definitely one that I eventually I want you to watch. Because I really am curious what your opinion is on that movie. Uh, and then the last one is one that I just got done rewatching after many years, and I know that because you just watched Nightbreed, I wasn't sure if you've seen this one, and if you have, then we'll just scrap it, but that is Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions, the director's cut. Yes, I have seen that. Okay, I wasn't I've, sure. I, yeah, I've watched that with you, and I've bought it on VHS, and I bought it on DVD, and <laughs> I'm That movie's for, good, uh, yeah. It is a good movie, and the effects are really dated, but it's still, it, there's something just so hardcore and mean about yes the, it the is things about it. and i it's funny because i won't watch that for a long time and then i'll go back and rewatch it thinking that it's going to be um insanely gory or i remember it being so gory and it's not that terribly gory i mean there's a couple of scenes but it's just the concepts and ideas of the plot are so hardcore that it's hard to like watch it as entertaining it is you know what yeah. i mean well, and it's almost like Barker's uh, Hellraiser, where there's not a whole lot of comical side relief or anything. It's just a very dark movie, and especially for the that's early '90s, I believe. But it still has that '80s type feel, where it just it's pretty heavy stuff. So I I love Lord of the of, Well, of and, and Clive Barker is also one of those guys. Like um, I'm seeing that pattern with Stuart Gordon now. You could put this movie on, not tell me what it is, and just because of the way that it's shot and some of the angles and the plot, like within five minutes, you can tell this is this is a Clive Barker. Clive Barker has oh, something yes. to do with this, or Stuart Gordon. This is Stuart Gordon, or David yeah. Fincher. Well, you know what I mean. Like you, some of those directors have that style. I've talked about that before in music. Yeah, um, where you can listen to Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin play or, or whatever, and you know that's who it is. Or yes. Jimi Hendrix. Yep. You know, you, yes. you could say, hey, listen to this. And they play a couple of bars and you go, this has got to be Hendrix. Yep. they just yep. have that certain flavor or tone. Okay, well, anyway. so Illusions is off. I'm going to throw one, the other one that I was going to put on. I wasn't sure if you'd seen that one. Um, you're probably not going to accept this one, but eventually this is one that I'm going to make you watch. Dead Snow Part 2. Oh, and, Judas Priest, why? But the, the reason <laughs> being is because I know that you like... Uh, the Hansel and Gretel Vampire Hunter thing. Yes, and I that's did. the same director. And this one here, he's definitely improved his technique. Trust me, it's uh, it's not the same. So you're movie saying as... this is more Hansel and Gretel than Dead Snow yes. One? Okay, I think so. I do think so. Yes, the Very trailer. Much so. The trailer was just balls nuts, just nuts. Yeah. for Dead Snow <laughs> Two. I yeah, it's I it's was... very much. I mean. 
it's everything except way bigger budget, and just you can tell he's got a bigger budget and he's gotten better at directing. And uh, I might even talk about this movie a little bit more in the recently watched. Um, again, it's not great, but it's it's a huge step up from the first one because I've come around on the first one. The first one is not as good as I originally thought it was. Yes. This is a lot better. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway, that's the other one that I'm going to throw out okay. there for you. So there you go. All right. Um, boy, it's down. Hmm. The two that I'm feeling drawn to this round are Horror Express and Frankenstein Created Women. <laughs> um, you tell me. If I knock it down to those two, which of those two would you most want me to watch? Horror Express, without a doubt. Okay, that's what I'm watching. Yep, without a doubt. Just because I know how much you like uh, Carpenter's The Thing mm-hmm. and alien-type stuff, and I don't want to say too much, but that's a cool movie. Okay. So let it be written. Awesome. Okay, my turn. Uh, I also am throwing some back at you. Uh, with the okay. Blu-ray, I'm giving you at least three Blu-ray. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I wanted to talk about something else real quick. Don't let me forget before the roulette's over. I want to talk about another idea I had. Okay. Um, but for Blu-ray, I'm throwing back at you V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, two epics, Lawrence of Arabia and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I know those are both long, so it's understandable. Gotcha. That's why I'm giving you options. V for Vendetta, I really think that you would enjoy a lot. Um, now, I've got a couple of DVDs I'm going to throw at you. Uh, the Legend of 1900. Uh, this is one that's been on my pile for you to watch. Hold on a sec. Bang, bang, crash. It's, I'll just grab the DVD here. Okay, this is starring Tim Roth from the director of Academy Award-winning Cinema Paradiso, which I haven't seen. Magical fable, fable of a bygone era, movingly tells the tale. Don't you love it when it's just all adjectives? Extraordinary, moving, remarkable, uh. thought-setting... Abandoned atop a piano and raised by a lowly crew member in the bowels of a luxurious cruise ship, the boy is dubbed 1900 for the year he was born. And uh, I'll just take it, wing it from there. He grows up on this cruise ship, never sets foot on land, and is an amazing piano player. It's a fantastic movie, fantastic story. This is an absolute gem in the rough that is not... It, nearly seen enough and I think I'm not even sure if it was actually ever released or if it was just a HBO kind of movie or something like that but I mean it's gotten awards best original score Ennio Morricone oh wow best director Giuseppe Tornado best cinematography and these were independent film awards Um, but it does have a very good cast and Tim Roth is the lead in that one. And this is a uh, wife's, wife movie. Okay. But it is just okay. DVD, unfortunately. I don't even think a Blu-ray of this exists. No, and it doesn't. Actually, the last time I looked for... Um, I came across this DVD. I'd, I think I'd watched it on TV, and then I came across this DVD in a exchange store, and they didn't know what they had. This one is a 125 minutes, so I guess it might be a tad long. That's what... Uh, Okay. But not epic long. Yeah. But this is Ooh, one that boy. this is one that I can tell I'm telling you, you will like this movie. Okay. I, I would be shocked if you didn't like this movie. Um 
also on DVD, because I don't think it's on Blu-ray, another gem in my collection, Romeo is Bleeding, starring Gary Oldman, Lena Olin, Juliette Lewis, among others, Roy Scheider. Uh, here we go again with the crazy adjective. Uncanny performance, astounding, vicious, uh, sexy, spine-tingling. Uh, crooked cop and a sadistic hitwoman who lures him into a lethal dance of deceit. Uh, Gary Oldman is, he's kind of a dirty cop. And it's just kind of a, a film crime cop noir is the only way to explain it. But it's set in the 90s. It very much has kind of a bad lieutenant feel, but with a more, less R-rated, eh, it's pretty R-rated, but more, you know, uh, bad lieutenant's super R-rated. This is just normal R-rated. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but I think this movie is a gem. I really do. And I, I was looking at like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, and it doesn't have a lot of good reviews. It's hour 50 minutes. Um, but I've re I mean, I've loved it every time I've watched it. I think it's a, a great gem in the rough. And it's nice seeing Roy mm. Scheider play a kind of a crime boss figure. It's it's even though he's not in like the he's only in about half of it. Yeah. It's still a great movie. I've got an, a couple more here. One that um, I can keep going if you want. I've got some Netflix. Uh, I got this. I got a couple of DVDs here, but I like Akira Kurosawa's Dreams, which was, I think, one of the last movies he made before he passed away. And this is an absolute masterpiece, and I really want you to watch it, but I'm afraid that my DVD is so old it's really going to look terrible, and I don't know if it's uh. on Blu-ray or not, so I'm going to... I, it's on the stack, so I don't forget about it. But I'm going to try and see if that's on Blu-ray, and I'll I'll okay. pick it up that way because it's it's such a fantastic movie. I don't want you to watch it on a what might be a crappy uh, yeah. DVD now. R Romeo's Bleeding and Legend of 1900. You don't have a lot of options, and it's not yeah. it's not theater room material anyway. So okay. it's not it's not that big a deal. Um, okay. Okay. Let's move over to Netflix, and I'll see if I can give you one or two here. Um, now that I have my handy dandy list, this is so nice. Hey, I'll throw reincarnation at you. Um, yeah, that's yep, that's. But I gotta. You might have to pick a backup because I went onto Netflix to check and it didn't have the subtitle option up yet. But that happens sometimes when they uh, add new stuff; they don't have the subtitles up yet, and oh. you're, you're not gonna watch this in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, or um, English. I, I don't want to watch it in English dubbed. Either I don't even think don't it had that. To. It didn't even have that option. It was mm. just it was just Japanese, <laughs> but that okay. sometimes it takes them a week or two to get the all the the subtitles up and running. But I'll throw that one on the list. You can check and see if it, if it's working. Um, okay. And I'll give you Trading Places or Scrooge. Those are both on Netflix Christmas movies. Ooh. And those. Ooh, Trading Places. I wasn't expecting that one. Well, why not? You said you hadn't seen it. I'm throwing it yeah, on. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I know cuz I was I was definitely going to go for the uh for the Blu-ray, but um, Yeah, but those you can watch anytime. <laughs> yeah, the Blu-ray you mean. No, the 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 Netflix cuz I have those on, you know, otherwise. I know, yeah. But like V for Vendetta, that's one that I can almost guarantee that you will give a huge thumbs up to. Yeah, and I haven't seen it since. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to go with V for Vendetta. Okay. It is yours, sir. Okay. And so is Horror Express on Blu-ray? 
That's your. It is. Yes. Okay. Looks like it's another Blu-ray round. I guess we both had so much fun watching an actual good movie that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll be. I'll. I'll be disappointed if you don't like Horror Express. It's. It's an early '70s Gothic horror movie, and you know some people like those, some people don't. I loved it. Oh, I do, Uh, and that's an all-star cast. That. That. Oh, I know. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. Let's move on to our Christmas movies. Okay. Uh, and we're going to try and burn through these as fast as we can since we're doubling up the, the segment and wrapping yep. it up. Um, let's just go kind of a least to best. Yeah, I've got um, so many here. Should I just cut it down to like 10? I have, yeah, I, have, I have 10. Okay. And I'm sure we're going to double up on some of these as well. Yeah. Okay. Bottom of my list, I got The Ice Harvest. Do you remember this movie? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Well, wait. John, uh, is this? John Cusack? Yes. Yes, I have seen that. That's good. Boy, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. Shady mm-hmm. Lawyer attempts a Christmas Eve crime. It's kind of a theft movie. Heist movie. But very weirdly so. I just like the dark nature of the characters and they're all grumpy and pissed off and it's Christmas and everybody's kind of bah humbug but then it still kind of comes around and it's kind of heartwarming that's all next yeah okay um for me I've got uh this shouldn't be at the very bottom but I just I can't wait to talk about it uh and that would be Bad Santa starring Billy Bob Thornton that's um, on my list as this well is, this is one of the best Christmas movies ever and it is so it's so anti-Christmas, but not, if that even remotely makes sense. It's so hardcore and just, oh, it's just filthy, dirty. But there's such a heartwarming, redeeming story in this movie that uh, I, I, I love it. And I love the fact that Billy Bob Thornton was actually truly drunk in this movie through most of the making was of he it. really? <laughs> yes, he was. Yes. Oh, yes, he was, actually, he was actually drunk. And I'm like, that makes sense because... That was some good acting. He was he acted really drunk, but apparently, one of the most quotable movies. Apparently, wasn't um, acting. <laughs> yes, so big thumbs up, huge thumbs up. I yes, love I, Bad I love Santa. that movie as well, and it makes sense that it's a Christmas movie. Christmas movies generally are about redemption, starting over, yes, all that kind yeah. of uh, jazz. So it, it it's a great movie. It's so funny, but man, it is so hard. R, almost NC seventeen, you could say, but yes. Okay, um, back to me, sorry. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. Val Kilmer being large and very gay. Uh, (laughs) A murder mystery brings together a private eye, a struggling actress, a thief masquerading as an actor. And this was directed by the great Shane Black. And as all Shane Black movies, he likes them set at Christmas. He follows kind of a pattern with all of his movies. Um, I I love the movie. It's absolutely fantastic. I could argue it's the best movie that he's ever made, Shane Black. And Downey Jr. is great in it, even though he's kind of playing still his very wordy, slippy self. Um, But at least he's playing the down uh, everyman instead of billionaire rich boy yeah. that he plays in less than zero and iron man movies and you know the things you kind of he's become typecast for yeah back to you okay um for me next up i've got um i'm gonna 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bill Goldberg starring in Santa's sleigh. Uh, <laughs> and I talked about this on my show. But And, and even though this, the movie's only an hour and 15 minutes long, and Bill Goldberg is an ex-professional wrestler, uh, it's, it's a cool little story. Uh, and it's basically Santa Claus actually used to be a demon. And an angel, uh, they did this little bet, and an angel made him turn into a good guy, a Santa Claus, instead of this demon thing. And it's all played for laughs, and it actually works quite well uh, for what it is. Really? I've I've watched this movie so many times, and each time I watch it, I'm like, this is kind of crappy, but it's so much fun. And it totally, it's one of those where it does not take, take itself seriously at all. And you can tell that they're having fun doing it. And I'm like, this is just a breezy hour and five, hour and 15 minute movie. And I watch it so much. And I'm like, I have to include it on my list. Cause I truly enjoy the movie. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out for it. Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Do you know? It used to be. And then when Netflix did the huge, like when they dumped like, a bazillion movies. Mm. That was one of them. That was one of them that got, that got uh, chopped. But James Caan is in it. Uh, so really? There's that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's hilarious. Oh, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yes. There is some truly genuine. Uh, for me, there was a couple of genuine belly, uh, belly laughs. It's. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. If it pops up on Netflix or Crackle or something, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, because I, I mean, Santa's sleigh with Bill Goldberg—that's kind of something I would immediately breeze right over. But if somebody says yeah. you should check it out, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I, I think that with the way the jokes are presented in the movie, and you know that everybody knows we're making a fairly crappy movie, but we're having fun doing it. It's it, it's enjoyable. Okay, so I'll give that a shot. Um, okay, since I just did a Shane Black movie, why not do another one? Lethal Weapon, also set no. at Christmas, the original. Uh, if you haven't seen Lethal Weapon, then you probably aren't listening to a podcast about movies, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. And then, uh, <laughs> real quick, I'll throw another one at you, and that's Gremlins. And this is this sh- comes up on a lot of uh, Christmas lists, um, but some of our audience might not have seen it, because it's a little older, 1984. And I love the synopsis. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolent, mischievous monsters on a small town. <laughs> uh, inadvertently breaks three yeah. rules. Uh, this movie is its Joe Dante directed. Just crazy comedy with bits of horror in there, but it's so funny and... I don't know. I, I love it. It's, it's a classic, and if you haven't seen it, then get on it. Come on. It's, yeah, it's freaking great ones. Agreed. Okay, so for me, I'm going to touch on Polar Express real quick. Uh, This is uh, one of my very favorite movies for Christmas, especially with with my wife. Uh, First time I watched this movie, literally I had tears streaming down my face by the, uh, uh, towards the end when Santa makes his appearance. Something about this movie is uh, so, it's made for kids, but for some reason it's such a dreamlike, it feels so dreamlike to me, and it just, it, it grabbed me, and ever since I saw it for the first time, every year, right around Christmas Eve, I watched The Polar Express, and I love this movie. Uh, even though it's uh, some of the facial uh, CGI is getting kind of dated now, I love the story about the kids that get on the on the train and they actually go to the North Pole and they meet Santa Claus. I I love it. It's it is a true tradition in the Weaver household, and 
I I'm a I'm all sappy when it comes to certain like storylines and emotional beats in movies, and that one has when Santa Claus makes his grand appearance in the movie, I just choke up for some reason, uh, which it, they make it feel so epic, and when he finally shows up, I'm like, oh, that's so badass, and it just it makes me feel like a kid again. Right. So. Polar Express, big thumbs up for me. I still haven't seen it. You've been talking about it for years, and I need to get on it. I just haven't got around to it. But I will. Okay. Uh, Next up, from 1988, Scrooged. Starring Bill Murray, a selfish, cynical TV executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. And this is kind of a modern retelling of uh, Christmas Carol, obviously. But with Bill Murray as the main guy, and... It's one of those in the late 80s where it's PG-13, I believe, but mm-hmm. veers so close to R, you're like, how did this not get R? With so many just <laughs> drug and alcohol references and sex references, it's it's absolutely hysterical. And it totally falls into that Bill Murray camp of uh, type of humor with Groundhog Day and um, Ghostbusters and stuff like that where it's, there was this little window of time where they were just making movies that you get away with this kind of stuff. Yeah, and you—if you haven't seen that one, you definitely need to check that one out because it's—it's awesome. It, you can almost say this is the '80s version of Bad Santa, and it's wow. not—but it's, it's not that filthy. I mean, the the bar yeah. was yeah. It was set so high with Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, but I absolutely loved Scrooge. Okay, uh, yeah, I have not seen that movie, and that's that, shame on me for not seeing that movie because I love Bill Murray, I love the '80s, and I—I'm a sucker for a really good Christmas movie, so I have no reason. To have not seen that movie, but um, Tim and his prime. Yeah. Okay. Um. Which? How? How many have we gotten? I got through? four left. Okay. Um. I'm going to hit on, and it's all the biggies. Um, <laughs> it's all the biggies. Yeah. Because yeah, I've got several biggies here. I'm going to hit on The Shining. Um. I and I hesitate to do that because it's not a Christmas movie, but it is the ultimate cold weather movie. Um. Everything about the movie is cold and mm-hmm. dark and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on The Shining because if you're listening to this show then you have seen The Shining more than likely and you know how awesome it is uh, it's it's my favorite movie of all time and something about that movie it's like I you only watch that movie when it is freezing cold out in the middle of a blizzard me too that's when I like to watch that movie when, I, when it is nasty outside it's time for The Shining yep I ain't watching uh, that thing so, in summer <laughs> yeah so uh, and because of that, and when I when and we've talked about this before, but when I, we think of Christmas movies, we're thinking movies that that it's win- that winter en- movies, winter encompass movies. that. Yeah. Yes, so The Shining is is that in spades. Yep, I completely agree. Um, uh, next up is one that I watched about uh, half of the other night, and then I had to deal with teething kids and couldn't finish it. But I'll get around to it. And that's uh, the Black Christmas remake from two thousand six. And I haven't seen the original Black Christmas, though. I've seen some good reviews for that and some people talking about it being a good movie. I might want to check that one out. But the remake is, I mean, I can't say anything that you haven't said better. It, it is <laughs> shot like a glossy, happy Home Alone sequel. It's oh, just I love happy it. <laughs> Christmas time and it, these bitches in this sorority house that are just, there's no other way to describe these girls. They are just yeah. bitches. And then the, um, you know, you're thinking, oh, here comes a typical slasher is going to take out the girls in the sorority house. But there actually is a backstory behind this killer and the things that a he's doing. A lot of doing, backstory. A ton of backstory. Yeah. And they keep doing these flashbacks to tell it. 
And it's interesting. It's actually yes. interesting. It's not just kind of... Yeah, uh, and there's reasons. And it's, it's like, okay, that that makes sense as to why he's doing what he's doing versus, oh, he was slapped around as a kid a little bit, whatever. No, he was tortured. Yeah. You know, and raped. And so uh, Black Christmas is my second favorite horror movie in the uh, the holiday season, I love that movie, and like you said, the whole vibrant color thing. Yeah. For some reason, I'm like, oh, this is a feel good Christmas movie, and then slaughter. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's no, like, and they have the, the the Nutcracker music going on the whole time. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, oh, it is, dun, and like dun, like dun, half dun. of it's that warm fuzzy fuzzy, and then the other half in the flashbacks is the most grimy, dirty, horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> showing his childhood, and you're just like, oh, this is just uncomfortable. Yes. So anyway, yep, yep I, w- I was surprised how much I enjoyed that movie. It took you some while to get me to watch it, because I was like, I saw the trailer, I was like, you got to be kidding me, this is a good movie, this looks like crap. <laughs> but I actually quite enjoyed it. Now, your non-horror group is not going to like this movie at all, but uh, your horror people that didn't give it a shot, you definitely need to. Yeah, especially if you can appreciate... Uh, well, because this movie was ex- very well shot, mm. especially for a a horror movie. It's not your typical slasher movie. It's it's different, in my opinion. I agree. So, anyway, anyway, okay. Uh, let's see here. Which one do I want to touch on next? Elf. I might as well just get Elf out of the way because I like Elf so much. Um, I think that this is probably Will Ferrell's best movie. Uh, I I continually laugh at it. It's not one that I get tired of. My wife loves the movie. It gets a bit sappy in the end. Uh, I prefer the the sappy ending more of Polar Express than this. This feels a little bit more forced than an actual kids movie, but it's still it's still fun. It's still a feel good movie. Uh, the the one liners are great in the movie, and you know I. Will Ferrell has essentially played this part many times since he made this movie. It seems the doofy child man type thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it, this is also one of my wife's favorite movies and we watch it every year. It's tradition. Um, and I think my review roller coasters every year on this movie. Last year I was so irritated with it and I was just like, I get it. It's Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. Ha ha ha. And then I have the sappy ending and I was just like, blech. This year we, <laughs> this year we watched it and, you know, it got me, I was enjoyed it a lot more this year. Um, I laughed a lot more at certain parts and the ending. I, I, I see she enjoys the first half more and I enjoy the second half more, even with the sappy okay. ending that part, I almost get teared up a little bit and he's at the sleigh and everything and ho, ho, ho. Oh yeah. When it, I when love it that part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> but I, you know, like I said, you know, I'll give it a higher rating this year and then next year I'll watch it and be like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I understand. That's th- that's totally the way it is with me in like uh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Just depends on the mood. It's like eh, yeah, my my again. score for that movie has gone down every year I watch it. It's still <laughs> it's still good and it's funny, but I remember it being way filthier and dirtier and hard R. And then I watch it and I'm like, ah, it's neutered. And, yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's because of movies like Bad Santa. Yes, yes, it is. They have changed okay. it. Okay, um, that was you. Uh, I have three left, and these three, oh, I absolutely, when I think of Christmas movies, this is what I think of, and that's probably not a healthy thing. Um, 
<laughs> Die Hard 1 and 2. This is all the time, man. I absolutely love Die Hard 1 and 2. This is the, they always play Christmas music in the background of these action movies where people are dying horribly. And in a lot of ways that action movies don't show anymore. Just brutal yeah, gunshot wounds and brutal knifings and chokings. And I don't know. Absolutely love Die Hard 1 and 2. This is no big deal. If you haven't seen these movies, you're... I, what the, What do you... Stop listening to us right now and go watch movies. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep, I agree. I, I, especially the second one. I, I think the first one is the best of all of them. Yes. But the second one it has even more of a Christmassy feel because it is actually snowing and... Um, but yeah, they're... That's true, movies. but and I think the second one is, is underrated. A lot of people like to cut that one down as being one of the the missteps of the series, but I, I really liked it, even though it's kind of repeating a lot of the same. It still has a, gr- a lot of great moments. Yeah, it does. Um, okay, um, I'm going to go with... So I have two left or three left? Uh, you can have three. I got two. Okay. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Ah, that was my next one. one. <laughs> ah. I thought I'd really pull one over on you with that one. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. This is a five-star... Me too. ...perfect movie. Me too. Um, Eyes Wide Shut is... is. I know that it's gotten some hate, uh, but upon rewatching, and that was one I watched in the theater, and I'm like, oh, come on, let's go... It took me years. Actually, I believe it may have been you. It was me. Yep, I, said, it, it was should... a DVD. That was still the uh, cut theatrical yeah. version. That was before the director's yes. cut was released. And you're like, you like Stanley Kubrick. Why don't you give that another chan- a chance? And I did. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is fantastic. So it's it's perfect. It's it is a perfect movie. There's not one single thing I would change in that movie. I completely agree, so. and I I think I still need to see the full director's version. I have the Blu-ray, but I haven't got around to it. I was hoping to well, do that this rough. year. Yeah, it gets rough. Yeah, it gets very smutty in the end. Oh, it is. Well, it's an orgy scene, and the movie, the entire yeah. movie, is about sex. It's one man's journey yes. through every form of sex, pretty much. Yeah. And it is gritty, yeah. and it's hard to watch, but it is fantastically shot and it's it's an amazingly scored film it's just an amazing yes. film from top to bottom and it's with stanley kubrick said that it is in his opinion by far the best movie he's ever made isn't that amazing and that's his last movie it was his last movie yeah, yeah. and I, I do think that that one upon release i think that that movie was very misunderstood and uh it's i think come around to i think it's come around to being a a very well received movie at this point I, you know i hope so but i honestly don't care i think it's the easiest t- 10 out of 10 i mean it's amazing it's just an amazing film i i, I mean you're talking yeah. about kubrick so it's easy to hand out tens but I, it's a lot of even kubrick fans don't care for it that much and i just i love that movie and oh, i, I, I also didn't care for it i mean i didn't hate it the first time i watched it i saw it in the theater as well and it was actually on a kind of quasi date so it was like I think it was a first date, <laughs> so it was really awkward, kind of. But we, it went okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it took a while for me to come around and watch that again. And yeah. when I did, I was I was shocked at how how much I loved it. Yeah. Um, okay, I got one left, and it's going to be the top dog for you. And you also you've talked about it way more in depth on your show, and you yep, absolutely so you got this if one. you haven't. Uh, 
started listening to Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on Silent Night, Deadly Night. You just need to go. I was going to look up the episode number and I forgot. I've been so busy with kids and presents and ho 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 fighting off Santa Claus with an axe that I completely <laughs> forgot to go look up the episode number. But real recently, Eugene did 46. All, uh, 46. Episode 46, yeah. Cinema Soft Underbelly. He breaks down. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, from beginning to end, go listen to that, and even listening to that made me want to, excited to watch it again, and I actually, this I held off till Christmas Eve, and oh. I popped it in, and I was watching it, and I was so completely shot from, uh, work, and kids, and all of the Christmas cheer that was filling the house that I passed, <laughs> I passed out upright in my rocking chair, <laughs> my recliner oh. chair, and... Yeah, I, so I'm going to have to uh, finish that movie up, but I loved it. It's yeah. still just, uh, it's one that you t- tried to sell me for years, and it took me a while to finally bite the bullet and sit down and watch it, and it, it, it almost was like, let's get this over with, slasher movie, come on, Santa, how can this be good? And it was so bizarre and insane and crazy. I, yes. I was just <laughs> stunned that, that that such a thing exists. Yes, and I also yeah, and that's, mirror that's another one that I, another one you need to throw in the roulette for me occasionally would be the remake because as much as you hate it and trash it, I still I have to see it. And if you don't throw it on the roulette or get, let me borrow it, actually, uh, you did not remind me uh, to mention something about the roulette. Um, I'm throwing in another movie for you with on the roulette, and it's related to this in a way. Um, I'm going to give you V for Vendetta, but I'm also going to give you um, the DVD of the Riddick anime movie oh, in between yes, parts yes. one and two. Because you talked about that in your David Toei special, part one and two. Yes, you're right. Yep. Um, so I'm going to throw that on as a added bonus for you. And okay. if you would be so kind, in return, added bonus for me this month and over this week in Roulette, um, the Silent Night remake. Okay, now I'll do that under one condition. You have to watch the entire movie. You can't, if you're borrowing it, I need a full review of that thing because I suffered through that piece of shit. Oh, you bastard. Three times now. <laughs> oh, so, okay, okay. I, need a I, have, full to, I have to do it because there have been a couple of times I've come across the Blu ray now for real cheap and I'm going, do yeah. I or don't I? Yeah, because I really want you to see, because I'm by myself on this one. I haven't talked to anybody else that has seen this movie. Okay, okay, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, have fun with that. Uh, I know it's going to be horrible, but I have to do it. (laughs) I have to get it out of the way because it's always going to be nagging in the back of my head. Maybe, maybe. No. Yeah, who knows? You might, you might be like, that wasn't Dude, that bad. There's but... literally no chance that I like a slasher movie better than you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, and and for more info on that particular movie, uh, you need to watch ep- or listen to my episode 45 of Soft Underbelly, where yeah. I eviscerate it, that movie. And that was that was hysterical, <laughs> but. Again, it still made me want to watch it, but only, like you said, because I'm a huge fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, and you should, just because then you can connect the two or see the lack of connection thereof, but yeah. I don't, and with the Riddick, Dark Fury, the anime, I don't think there's a Blu-ray of that. I bought the, I I bought so the Blu-ray set of Riddick uh, 1 and 2, and that came with it, but you should absolutely check that out. It was fantastic. Um, I love it, and I, I fully consider it an entry into the Riddick film. I, I 
completely consider uh, Chronicles Part Three now. And wow! Now is that um, uh, does Vin Diesel actually yes. voice? Oh yes! Oh good. And there's good. there's the, the interesting thing about it is that there's characters from the first movie and from the third movie, Chronicles, however you want to think of it. Yeah. Um, that are both in that movie at the same time, and so if you're just watching the theatrical releases of Pitch Black and Chronicles, um, they don't ever cross paths. So oh, if you okay. watch this, they cross paths. It's basically it's Tombs and the survivors from Pitch Black, because Tomb, oh, Tombs. Oh, I can't is wait. So Good. you see, so it it has a huge impact on Chronicles when you watch that later because you realize Riddick knows him. Oh, that, I, I'm looking forward to this. It's yeah, it's. And totally in that Aeon Flux, uh, okay. TV show, the animated TV show. Yes, it's from the yes. it's from the same guy that did that, and he did uh, one of the segments of the Animatrix. I believe it was the last segment of the Animatrix where they uh, trapped this robot in a virtual reality. Do you remember that one? It's been so long since I've seen Animatrix. Uh, um, it was all in Psycho Color and crazy, and uh, it was very Aeon Flux as well. Yeah, but same guy that did that. Anyway. Derail of epic proportions. What do you have left no, for the cr- Christmas special? Do you have anything else? Uh, well, you touched on Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is that's the granddaddy of them all. And seriously, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, to promote my own show here, but I do go into detail on why I love that show. It was it's not great. just the fact. It's not just the fact that that it's a cool 80s slasher movie, but it's that literally is one of the most important movies in my life and it's just because it's I've grown up with that movie and I through I'm 40 years old now and for the past you know, not quite 30 years of my life I've been watching that movie, and so and there's been so many different things that have happened in my life that has has affected me through the years, and that movie has been with me. It's like my it's like the the dog that never dies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but uh, okay, so a couple other ones from me. Uh, I think The Thing is another perfect example of a great winter movie, uh, not necessarily Christmas movie, but a great cold weather winter movie would be John Carpenter's The Thing. Agreed. The isolation, uh, the snow, the cold, uh, and I'm not going to touch too much more on that. And then the last one that I'm going to hit on, I'm going to end on a positive note, and that is a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's, it is hilarious. It's, it's easily the best one of their movies. Um, it's just hilarious if you if you are into the Harold and Kumar movies and you haven't seen this movie like you you should watch it it's I will really funny I'll get um, around to so, it eventually I figured yeah. you'd throw it at me sometime or another yep so anyway that's that's it for me okay hold on I'm making a note here okay let's move on to recently watched that's gonna wrap up the Christmas special for at okay. least this year um recently watched I watched dun, dun, dun. I watched Blade Runner as a 10. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Oh, you watched that? Yes, Is I that did. on Netflix? Not yet, but it's going to be in January. It's oh, you got that on Blu-ray, didn't you? And I was, I no, was wanting that. I got it on uh, Voodoo. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, and I love, absolutely love the Jack Ryan character, and I love the series. But Ah, this was kind of a letdown. And, you know, that may... A lot of people might be saying, give me a break, did you see the last Jack Ryan movie with Ben Affleck? Yeah, I did. And I know it deviates a lot from the book, but I still I still liked that. Oh, movie. I liked it that was movie. Okay. Yeah. It's still not the best. I don't think you'll ever top 
top hunt for Red October. That's far and away a 10 for me. I absolutely love oh, that perfect. movie. It's yeah. fantastic. That's one that I watch almost every single year. Um, and that's another one that you got me to rewatch. Loved the movie. Loved it. And I don't really know what was wrong with this movie. I mean, I like Chris Pine. He did okay in the role. I thought they wrote him a little too wimpy. I mean, he, it, was, <laughs> it was sort of like, he's a tough guy, he's a tough guy, but he still kind of came across as wimpy. Um, it was very weird watching What's-Her-Name trying to struggle through an American accent. Um, oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Is it Kira Knightley? Yes, Kira Knightley, sorry. It, it just seemed like she was constantly wrestling with that tongue. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner is fantastic as always, but I don't know. I just this movie just didn't do a whole lot for me. It almost seemed. I mean, it's trying to do Batman Begins. It's Jack Ryan Begins, uh, but I didn't really care for how they took basically the backstory from Hunt for Red October and it's expanded it into a, a whole movie. And we're updating it for the new millennium people and here we go now we can start and i'm like you already had plenty of start the only reason they did yeah. this is so that they could get a younger guy into the role instead of you know harrison ford's already getting older I mean, at this point jack ryan would be 75 it's like why can't you just do the bond thing and just have a new jack ryan and just go just forget all the yeah. origin bullshit but yeah they are obsessed with that kind of thing and uh, it worked <laughs> for batman so why not little old jack ryan <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, which is annoying. I don't know. I didn't hate it, and I'll, I'll probably be watching it again. I, I I can't help it. I love Jack Ryan movies. But anyway, uh, okay. back to you. Okay, so for me, <laughs> um, I'm going to touch on a movie called <laughs> Sorority House Massacre Part 2. <laughs> starring, uh, directed by Jim Warnowski. Uh, oh, you know who I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. I do. Oh, dude, this movie is... Great. <laughs> no, that that's not possible. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> and it's so hilarious. Here's my official write-up on my, my list of movies. Um, three stars. Uh, Sorority House Massacre Part 2. This is such a great bad movie. Even more fun than the retarded first one. This one is actually more of a sequel, and it's, a, it's an actual sequel to Slumber Party Massacre. They refer to events from the horror movie Slumber Party Massacre in this one. God bless you, Roger Corman. This is a Roger Corman production, by the way. It's just what I would um, expect from Warjanowski or whatever the crap yeah. his name is. Yeah. This one is actually, uh, let me see here, with the beginning and closing credits, uh, the movie clocks in at about an hour and five minutes. Uh, with it, without <laughs> uh, Kind of, sort of, ugly 90s chicks fumble around a sorority house in their underwear and then nakedness. <laughs> And then they have ketchup sprayed on them in the walls by an evil spirit because of a Ouija board for about an hour. And that's, that's about it. It is, it is hilarious. I'm like, I, 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 uh, you know, I try to find movies when I'm running on the treadmill early in the morning. I'm like, I got to check this one off the list. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, why am I not watching this at one in the morning? This is great. It's it's so bad, oh. and I, I it was a great time. This would have been this is the perfect you and I pounding drinks, watching and just turning it into a drinking sh- game. Yes, <laughs> um, but it truly is hilarious. And if if they if any of them thought that they were making a good movie, there's no way they could have. There's no way they thought that this was, they were making a good movie because it's so not. But I, I don't think he has blast. an artistic bone in his body. Yeah. 
But um, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so um, we can now say we're the only podcast probably in the galaxy talking about Sorority House Massacre Part Two. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to watch it. So we're going to be talking about it twice. Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix. So we're it's definitely so... the only podcast that's going to do that. Oh. oh, please watch it. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I'll try and give it a spin. Yeah. Um, the Thing, 2011. I ah. got this one ultra cheap. Uh, thank God for that. Uh, this is the remake, prequel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, prequel. It's a prequel. Dick on it. No, I don't want the good Kurt Russell thing from 1982. I'm looking. I'm looking <laughs> for the bad prequel one from 2011. Uh, there we go. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is everyone's first choice to pay, play a, a research scientist um, at an Antarctic research site, the discovery of an alien craft leads to a confrontation between graduate student Kate Lloyd and scientist Dr. Sander Halverson. Uh, if you know anything about um, Carpenter's The Thing from 82, then you can imagine where this movie is going with its prequel, and Oh, boy. You know, I really want to like this movie. I own it on Blu-ray now, and I'll probably be watching it again. And I enjoyed it more this time than the first time, but maybe because I knew it was coming. Um, But the faults, and I appreciate that you have grown to love it, or like it, whatever. Like it, yeah. Like it. I, I appreciate that. This thing has some faults that just cannot, I can't get past, and I can't overlook. First of all, the freaking horrible CGI. It's its not oh. its not just that the CGI effects are there. Like, that would be one thing. But it's that they're so, so bad. Like, so yeah. incredibly bad. That scene in the helicopter where, the, where it reveals itself. Yeah. That is like one of the worst. It does. It looks like a previs that you see on the special features of a of a disc. It it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't look like a, a finished product, even close. And you think, well, maybe they just messed that one up. And then you go on a couple of scenes, and then it, the thing reveals itself again in another scene, and it's 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 just terrible. It's terrible. And yeah. even further infuriating me is that I find out in uh, episode or uh, issue of Empire that they actually had oh. all the practical effects done and were all of these creatures built and ready to go and they only used them as stand-in so that they could put CGI on top of them. What the hell is the point of that? Why would anybody do... Anyway, getting yeah. off the topic, but... Yeah. And the movie bombed. I mean, it bombed. It absolutely so. deserved it. Uh, next, yeah, it the did. Next, I agree. The next fault, uh, there's way too many... Uh, characters so when people are dying you're like i don't even know who that guy was who i it was swedish guy number 14 who whoever whatever <laughs> yeah. um that it seemed like they really ham-fisted it in um to make this american make everybody talk in english i mean because yeah. what we know from carpenter's movie is this was the swedish outpost you know if you really want to do have some balls and make a prequel to john carpenter's the thing remake um you would have done it completely in Swedish. You would have had that would have been you would awesome. Have had yeah, like eight people in there, and it would have just you know been a similar idea, and uh, except revealing more of the spacecraft, and that would have been it. But instead, it's like they just 
have to ham fist so many things in there and cram it down your throat. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Kate's boyfriend who gets the double head mutation and ends up outside burned to a crisp that they find in the thing. And then it's so-and-so's dog that runs off inexplicably to lead us into the thing. And then they start playing Carpenter's music. And I can't get past the fact that the whole time I'm watching this movie, I keep thinking to myself, man, I'd rather be watching John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> yes. And the, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead totally miscast I, she, in this. You know, you said that on your show, and, and I agree she was miscast, but I don't think it was the the worst miscasting I've ever seen. It wasn't great, but it was like, eh. And then the end <laughs> is just, just giant CGI monster crash-banging around her as... She, like, Alien vs. Predator. I'll accept yeah. that kind of CGI in that movie, I don't accept that kind of CGI in this movie where you're trying <laughs> yeah. to be so serious the whole time. Yes. And yeah, people disappear and people re come up, you know, reappear and it's all so expected and predictable, just terrible. You know, it's, it, and yeah. I'm not like saying this is a one out of 10 terrible. I'm just saying like you could have fixed so many of these problems in the writing and, it just felt like a studio thing. This was a movie by committee. Like, let's cram yes, this in was. there and this and this and this. It didn't feel like there was any love. <laughs> yeah. I No, I totally agree with you. Totally. I, I, I do enjoy the movie for what it is, but it just it's it's hard to imagine this movie as a prequel to John Carpenter's way superior The Thing. It's just like... It's a it's an entertaining hour and 45-minute monster movie. Yeah, you know, it, it is. And I'll probably... You know, rewatch it again. I want to check out some of the special features to see if there's any hints in there about um, the CGI versus practical effects decisions. That just boggles my mind. But yeah, whatever. I I, I, they they paid for it. Did that thing make any money? Apparently not. And probably the nope, worst fault not. of all. They just named it the thing. You can't name it yeah. something else. Like now, everybody's going to be confused from the end of time. Oh, I watched the thing last night. Oh, awesome oh, movie, right? And they're like, no. And they're, you know, and you're going, <laughs> are you out of your mind? That's a great movie. I mean, you got Carpenter's score and the, 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 the Kurt Russell with the cowboy hat and the, and then everybody, what? No. No. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, man. And <laughs> no, yeah. you yeah. dumbass. That's not the thing. You got to watch the original. That's not the original. That's the original remake. Wait, what? Yeah. You know, it's so confusing. Yep, and that could have just a, an, a simpler title or uh, a better title could have fixed that. that yeah. you could a lot of things. A lot of things could have fixed. You that could have movie. called it the pre thing. That <laughs> yeah, and the th well, here the, what's funny is is like you said, there's a good movie in there. It's just like you said, there was studio tampering, obviously, in that movie, mm -hmm. um, and just a couple of fixes that could have been a fantastic movie. And so. even, uh, again, I, I talked about this with Interstellar, but the, the scientist motivations. If you got a guy playing a scientist, why not talk to a scientist to see how that guy would react? So you got a, 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 a her boss. Oh, yeah. we only have so much time with this thing. Quick, let's put on gloves and dissect it. He's not wearing any masks. He's not wearing anything to keep his hair out of it. it just, just, just start chopping. Just grab knives. and <laughs> Like, that would never happen. <laughs> You know, he's getting his DNA all over the alien. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But I digress. Go, your yeah. turn. Okay. Um, boy, I've got. We were running out of time, but I, I want to hit on um, a couple more movies real quick. Uh, the Hobbit: Battle of Five Armies. I know this is a new release. 
But the main reason that I want to talk about this movie is two twofold. One is the high frame rate version of this movie, mm-hmm. and then the second is the truncated version that we saw in the theater. Uh, I didn't see this in the XD theater in 3D high frame rate. Um, and just like Desolation of Smog, uh, it, it definitely takes... It took, for myself, probably 20 to 25, almost a half hour to really come to grips with what I was watching. I don't know if that's something that is going to catch on or not, and this might be something for another show, uh, because this is very much like James Cameron trying to really push really good 3D into the mainstream. It seems like Peter Jackson is really trying to push uh, the 48 frames per second into the mainstream, and I'll tell you, for even for a huge $200 million budgeted movie, it's still, man, it takes me a while to get into it. But once I'm into it, I'm like, wow, this is badass. But uh, it's just, at first you're like, oh, I'm watching a daytime soap opera. Well, it's d- daytime soap opera stuff going on here in Middle Earth. Yeah. And it, so it's just, it's it's very, very jarring. As soon Because as, as soon as it starts... Uh, smog is laying waste to uh, to uh, Lake Town, the Lake Town, and it's great, it's awesome, but it's like ah, I'm watching real people on a real set, uh, they're reacting to awesome smog blowing fire all over the place, and it's like there's the actors, they're running around, you know, and the, I can just the new Empire is uh, guest edited by Peter Jackson, and he has James Cameron in, and they were both interviewed by Empire, and they talk about that exact thing. Because there have been rumors of the the new Avatar movies being shot at 60 frames per second and even possibly 120. And oh wow, yeah, it's insane. And he said that he's not going to go that far, but they said they've both been battling this thing about getting rid of the motion blur when in action scenes. 48 frames per second does that. I, I watched the first Hobbit movie in in the high frame rate, and it does that. And it does that. I agree. I did not, it that does. was the first 3D movie. I didn't walk out with a headache. Um, because it takes care of that, but absolutely agree with you in the drama scenes and the non-action scenes. It's like Frodo is standing next to, or whatever, is standing. A Hobbit is standing next to a tree, and I'm like, that looks like a potted plastic plant. <laughs> yes, it does. But then, but then the army, the battle starts, and I'm like, oh my lord, this is amazing. Right. So I don't. The, so they, they addressed that issue in the in in Empire, and we're talking about. They're aware of it. They're try. They're not yeah. sure what to do about it. They're trying to figure it out. But yeah. Um, well, it's 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 still. Uh, I I appreciate it and I see where Jackson is coming from. I see why he does it. Um, but I want to I want to just mention that in this in the show, and then also. Uh, I do own the extended versions of uh, the first two Hobbit movies. The second one especially benefits from the extended scenes. The first one, it, it doesn't necessarily make it a much better movie. The second one, definitely. This one here, I, I have a feeling that it will make an infinite, an infinitely huge difference in the extended version. This movie was way too short. At an hour, or at two hours and 20 minutes, it... It, it was there was several hob there were several dwarves in this movie that I don't I don't remember them speaking more than a couple of sentences, and you're like what about him like and it was way 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 too too compressed for what they were trying to pull off. It's it's a great movie, 
but I, I'm looking forward to watching. They should have at least 30 minutes more in that movie for what they were trying to pull off. Well, he loves his so. director's cuts, and I, yeah. I love them as well. I mean, after watching yeah. those, I don't go back to the theatricals. Yeah, and, and it's weird because some, like, even Smog in the, the theatrical version of Desolation of Smog was longer than this version. I'm surprised that he cut that much out because it, de- it definitely does hurt the movie. Uh, and it's still a great movie, but it's like. Come on! I know you've got. I know you have stuff that explains what I'm not seeing here. Why didn't you just include a minute here and a minute there? But you know, it's I'm not. Do you think it's a sales thing? Do you think it's a sales gimmick so that they can go sell the extended version? Everybody runs to buy it, and then they can do reshowings of the extended versions in theaters. And yeah, which I mean, I'm 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 on board. I'll I'll get it. I can't wait to watch it. And then obviously, I'll be watching it in on Blu-ray, which will be the standard the 24 frames per second. And even Joni mentioned when we watched Desolation of Smog again in preparation for this, uh, she was like, "Oh, she's like, I like this so much more than the high frame rate thing that looks." Like I'm watching someone's home video. That's a huge budget movie. I agree. So I, I started watching uh, the first Hobbit on Vudu. Somebody gave me the code for that. I only watched like a half an hour of it. I'm gonna probably watch that tonight, but uh, or some of it. Um, and I I I liked the 24. I mean, I, again, I'm gonna be missing out um, the 48 when I'm watching it in 3D and the action scenes. But I'm not watching it that way at home. Yeah. I I yeah. just wish there was some way to have the 24 for the drama scenes and the 48 for the action. <laughs> Agreed. I to- yeah, seriously, I totally agree because like I said, the some of the battle stuff in this movie, it's fantastic. And your your eyes can hardly grab I me. Mean, There's so much going on and you're like this is amazing. But then now you've got uh Bilbo talking to Thorin and I'm like, ah, oh, you're it's daytime soap opera again, <laughs> you know, because that's what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like a daytime soap opera yeah, type thing. I know what you're talking on about. a set. So anyway, I've taken up too much. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, I got one more to touch on. Then we're going to move on to coming soon, real. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, Netflix has Toxic Avenger one, two, three, and four, and I really want to watch part four, Citizen Toxie, because I hear it's good. And so I watched the first one because I was like, I haven't seen it in so long. I need to watch that one again. I know you said wait for the director's cut. I'm not sure what cut is on Netflix. I don't think it's the full theatrical cut because I was looking at run times and it falls in between what the theatrical and director's is. Um, And then I was looking at comparison scenes of what is cut out and I don't think I missed much. I, I It's a scene of the girlfriends talking or something. I don't care. Uh, okay. A freaking one mo- a little bit of trauma goes a long damn way. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Even for their flagship freaking movie. I started watching some of the sequels and was just like, I can't, I got to take a break because <laughs> it's so bad. It's so, so bad. I'm going to get there because in my, <laughs> I want those files, those files that are in my review box, Toxic Avenger 1, 2, 3, 4, so I can be done, and I'm not watching them again, yes. and that that way they're in there. <laughs> so I will eventually work my way through those, but I did get through the first one, and Judas Priest. You know what, the best way to describe it is about the same way I describe every trauma movie. Um, it's a trauma movie. There you go, yeah. that's all you need to know. Anything else uh, before we move into coming soon? 
Yes, one quick thing. I just want to touch on... Uh, I, we haven't talked about Stephen King books in a while. I just want to touch on Stephen King's book, Dreamcatcher, real quick. Okay. Just finished, oh, just finished that book. And we, uh, you and I have watched the movie several times uh, together, even in the theater. Mm-hmm. And we both enjoy that movie. I just want to just let you know my thoughts on the book versus the movie. Please do. The movie is better. Oh, there you go. Really? Oh, yes. that's surprising. Even considering the ending is so just CGI yeah. blob fighting CGI blob. <laughs> if you take that away, I mean, if if you, I'm talking about from a from strictly from a story aspect, he went on way too long. The movie jettisoned a lot of the stuff that didn't need to be in there. I was impressed having read the book. The movie is very similar to the book, but it jettisons a lot of stuff that really... Kind of like the book... You you talked about the cell. Yes. How it, it drug. Oh, there, this, there you could cut 150 pages out of that thing and not miss yes, a beat. Yes, same here. Yeah, same here. I'm like, oh, come on with the soldiers and... The, the the whole soldier thing it's just like they kept they kept repeating what was going on I'm like the movie did did it a lot better to where here's the problem here's the aliens here's what we're doing to solve it here's I dud it some blah 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 whatever <laughs> <laughs> I dud it some whatever oh, Scooby Dooby Doo where are you whatever he blah whatever so but I'll tell you that that movie was very faithful to the book other than cutting out the stuff that did not work, but I would pick the movie over the book. And I just wanted to mention okay, that on no, our show fine. because uh, you know that it, it's kind of a rarity with Stephen King adaptations. Um, but it does, yeah. ha- it does happen. There are times where the movie is actually better than the book. Yeah. That, and that, that definitely is one. So anyway, awesome. Okay. Then we'll move into coming soon real quick and wrap this up. Uh, I wanted to present you with an idea. This also goes with the roulette. Um, because of a purchase I made for myself for Christmas. Ho, 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 I'm my own Santa. The I'm, I'm an anime fan, but I'm not like the hugest anime fan in the whole entire world. I don't have 50,000 anime movies on my shelf. But I have some, and I love animation. And a while back, a few years ago, I sold my Cowboy Bebop collection on DVD to a buddy of mine because it was being released on Blu-ray. And after I sold the collection, the news came out that that Blu-ray is not going to happen. Ooh. (laughs) So I was left with nothing. And it was a buddy of mine, so I didn't want to try and get it back. And, oh, I was so upset. At any rate, I was like, it's got to happen eventually. And then, finally... Finally, finally, it has happened. Cowboy Bebop, the complete series, on Blu-ray. I own this bad boy. This was my Christmas gift to myself this year, and I am going to throw this on the roulette, but this is a special roulette. Uh, you also, if I'm not mistaken, have True Detective on DVD or Blu-ray that you want me to watch. So I Yes, thought, I do. So I thought... Since this is a season for a season, Ooh, maybe that's maybe good. we I could like do that. a trade, and it would be like a month long kind of thing. Because we're not watching this whole thing in a week, or, or even okay. two weeks. This is the kind of thing where you want to take some time with it. Yeah, I have. You, you know, I. You know how much I know you dislike TV. I don't throw a lot of TV your way, like 
a whole lot because I know you don't you you don't like it that much. But this is one of those things where I'm like, you need to have an opinion on this, and it's 26 okay. episodes, and that's the whole thing. This isn't like here's season one to get you hooked because there's season two and three and five and fifteen. This is it. This is all that there is. And I suppose they could come out with more series, but it's irrelevant. This is one contained, almost like an extended miniseries. You know, you know what I mean? Where it has a arc over the whole thing. And it's so phenomenal. It is, I, I, have, I watched it on DVD. I watched my series at least three times. It's, wow. it's fantastic. Now, they made a movie after the series, and it was decent, but it wasn't... It was more fan service than great. It, it just... Okay. This is this is where it's at, because the, the the movie, it sort of just threw you together with all these characters, and you just went. This is... You learn them along the way. You, you pick up what there is to love about them along the way. I mean, and and if you go watch, like, uh, trailers for it, I, I, I encourage you to not do any of that. Just go into this as blind as possible. Okay, well, which I would be. <laughs> don't don't look at anything, because it, they show these snippets, and it's, you know, um, it, it's it's space cowboys. It very much has the feel of, uh, like, Joss Whedon's Firefly. They're bounty hunters. Um they got a kid with them and a dog, and you think that'd be annoying, and it should be, but it's not. It's not at all. You love these characters, and you can't wait to see where it goes. I I can't wait for you to watch this. I can't wait to okay. rewatch this on Blu-ray. You don't know how excited I am that this exists, and I, I have it. This is one of the gems of my collection right now. Would this be one that, uh, like, you want to wait until you watch them all again and then we do the swap? Or uh, it's up this? to you. That's up for debate. I, I, we, we can talk about it. It's not the, it's not the kind of thing where I'm like, you got to watch this January now. I figure, I'm thinking maybe February. Let's give, mm. that way I have some time. I can kind of dive into the special features and everything, get the disc all cleaned up. And then, okay. uh, let's, let's shoot for maybe February. So this is a, an extreme coming soon in February. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, gotcha. You know, like a month should be in maybe enough time. I, you know, we don't even have to put a time restriction on it because I'll probably watch True Detective with the wife, and that is like one episode a day. So I don't know how many episodes are in that series. I'm guessing that the runtime would be comparable. Like most seasons, 650 minutes. That's a season, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but with Cowboy Bebop, one of the things they do with anime is. Uh, it opens with a theme song, and then it it has a prequel or what's to come, and then it gets into the show, and then the show is 20 minutes, and then they have closing credits, and then they have a teaser of what's to come in the next episode. If you just cut down to the what is the episode, it's, it's like two-thirds of what the length. You gotcha. understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh yes, yep. You sit through, sit through the, the opening credits and everything one time and then after that you will understand how every episode is going to run and you can skip at the appropriate times and it's this is not going to take as much time as you think okay and, oh you're going to love it no you, I'm, I'm game you'll oh, be yeah, so I'm totally hooked game. on this within two episodes I guarantee it good and, cool. and maybe we should also put in a thing too that if you're not into it after I, I don't know two or three episodes that you can drop it I, I because bail. I'm yeah. not going to make you sit and watch an entire season of something you're hating. But there's, I, yeah, and, I don't think it's going to happen yeah. with this. But and just in case you might be like, this is depressing and uh, no, 
I know you're going to like America. Uh, it's it's the same with this. Detective. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we can put that uh, in there. Let's say like what? 3 episodes. If you're not if you're not into it, yeah. 3 episodes then you can cash out. Yeah. Okay, do you have anything else that you want to add coming soon? I've got a bunch more reviews here because we skipped a week, but I'm going to save those for the next episode. Probably be the first episode yeah. of 2015. I'm also really going to be working here in the next couple of weeks uh, getting us headed for iTunes and some new theme music, but oh, end of the year, I'm swamped at work and trying to catch things up. After the first of year, January, things really slow down. I'm going to be getting all these things in effect. We've gone way over time. Do you have anything else that you yeah. would like to add before I close? That's Yeah, we've gone way over, and, and hopefully we can get one more episode in before the new year. If not, then Happy New Year, but if we do, then, then great. Hopefully we'll be saying uh, yeah, hello I'll to you be... on iTunes. Yes. Okay. Then we're going to wrap up this episode. As always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com. Um, <clears throat> we're on YouTube, Movie Freaks Pod Show, and Facebook, Movie Freaks Pod. Come follow our page. We will give you just enough information to not be annoying. Uh, also, please visit our friends at CinemaSidekicks.com and Cinema Soft Underbelly on iTunes. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode. I'm Eric Lerner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. Later. I can't freaking say it. <laughs> oh, no. Finally, we got an edit. Um, <clears throat> it looks like a pre-visual... <laughs> I can't say it. Pre-visual- it. Pre-visualization. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Tongue-tied. Yes, uh. it looks like a pre-vis sequence. <laughs>